I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We're your host, Marcia Novelli. And Ross Barber. And today on the show, we have Canadian photographer Jay Perry with us. Hi, Jay. How's it going? How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good, good. Well, I have to say, I, I, I know Jay. I've known him since, I guess, oh man, 10 years at least. I Definitely. mean, we, we went to high school together, but um, his old band, Holiday, and I used to play some shows together. Uh, so we like to start the, we like to start the show off um, by asking every guest three things about themselves that everyone should know. So, uh, Well, the obvious one is I really enjoy taking photos. Um, another cool one is uh, I love to meet new people and I have an obsession with Doritos <laughs> we're aware of this <laughs> you'll find <laughs> out how we know this a little bit later <laughs> incorporated into something here um, yeah so like I've already mentioned you uh, you started off playing in the band Holiday I'm not sure were you ever in a band before Holiday uh, little things here there but little nothing there. really serious yeah. but yeah you're, you're in that band and uh, you're in there for a few years and then you uh, made the decision to uh, I'm not sure if it was it was coordinated with the leaving holiday but or if it just kind of you know as the band kind of de- devolved but um, was that w- what was the decision to leave music to go into photography and why weren't they kind of you know just, just maintained side by side well I mean, the short story, because this is only half hour, is um, I think I, we just woke up one day and uh, we were just kind of sick of making 100 bucks a week. Uh, I needed to get adult jobs kind of thing. You guys made 100 bucks a week. Wow. <laughs> How'd you do that? No, just <laughs> so, so it was just like that, that natural kind of progression in, into what's next. And um, I found myself designing websites after that. Uh, during the time in the band, I taught myself how to design sites, so I thought that was my next step. Um, so I went into that, and then there was an actual uh, time where I needed some photos for a, a specific site that I couldn't find online, so I borrowed my brother's digital camera, uh, took some photos, and was kind of like, you know what, this is way cooler than and designing websites. So that's kind of the short and how I got into photography. What made you kind of decide to um, put the guitar down and kind of, and I mean, put the guitar down, I mean, like you sold your guitar. I think you have one again now, but yeah, I, you got because I remember I asked you to borrow something at one point when I was making my debut album, actually, I believe I asked if I could borrow well, any guitars and you're like, nope, <laughs> I don't have one, man. Yeah, it, it was tough. When I started to get into photography and thought, you know, I needed a camera, I need some lights, I need all this gear. I just said, well, I'm not playing my guitars. My amps are just collecting dust. Uh, let's get rid of it. So I sold it all, which was which is very tough, but mm-hmm. it, it allowed me to you know kind of fund the start of my photography career. Was that uh, was uh, playing guitar a passion of yours um, that maybe dwindled, or do you still have that passion? Uh, it's interesting that you know I thought music was a passion of mine, and now that I'm out of it, I realize you know maybe it wasn't as big a passion as I thought it was. 
Um, and, and it's funny because the, the TED talk I just did, this is it, the whole, you know, the whole 18 minutes is about this and, and that idea and how I got from one level to the other and how about like, you know, chasing my passions kind of led me to what I really found that was my true passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I miss playing live. I loved playing live. I don't miss the behind the scenes kind of stuff, the politics when I'm behind there. I don't think anyone, uh, anyone yeah, miss that though. I, I don't miss that. I mean, we, you know, we had five guys in the band and it was tough to get us all together at the same time. People had jobs and this and that. So, you know, we knew kind of right there at the end of it, that's okay. Well, if people aren't putting the band first, what's the point of, you know, continuing with it? I hear, but that's why I went solo. <laughs> so I've been doing yeah, the solo it, thing for It gets for to decade, that point man. where it either has to be, you have to put everything into it, or you have to decide that it's either a hobby or not something yeah, exactly. that you're going to do. You know, it's I tough wish, to find people that are, are willing to just put everything oh, yeah. into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wish I could mm-hmm. sing, because I could do the solo thing, and I would have loved to have done that, but I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't stop some people... <laughs> just use auto-tune i mean you don't even have to try to be good you know like why did i spend my whole life even learning to sing what's the point you don't have to be um so you mentioned ted talk uh, is it ted talk or ted talks uh talk okay ross yeah, you were yeah. right he went yes. that. so you mentioned ted talk and uh how did that how did that happen and what was it like and uh when will it be released so it was a ted talk x event meaning it was um, an independently ran TED event, which is still part of the TED Talk family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a smaller one. So there's this company, software company in Toronto, and they wanted to put on this event just for their company alone. So I don't know how it works with licensing, but you have to get a TED license to do it. And one of the guys who was running it, I'm friends with him, but it's funny but that I met this guy because of music. <laughs> way, way, way back, he was in video production and he did a video um, of our band. So fast forward many years later, he approached me. He knew my story of the past five years and their theme was discovery and being passionate. And he asked if I would share my story. And at first I was, you know, kind of, yeah, that that's cool. Because I, I love TED Talks. I, I follow them all the time. But I was kind of like, you know, why me? You know, that, it was huge. I mean, you have some of the smartest people in the world, these engineers, scientists, uh, past presidents, and they want me to do a TED Talk. So it was kind of like, yeah, I'm interested, but let's meet up and convince me why you think I should do this. <laughs> so he did, and, and it kind of seemed important or relevant to their theme. So that's kind of how it came about, and, and we went from there. That's uh, that's really really cool. Did you? What was it like? I know that um, I noticed some of your Facebook posts were talking about how nervous you were about it, which I, was I, it's, you know it's I was to be honest. I would have yeah. been unbelievably nervous. So. Yeah. And, uh, so so the th- the title of my talk was why you um, why your passion might not be what you think it is. So I told my story from the past five years, you know, following each thing, and then finally getting to my passion. Um, and I was super nervous, definitely, and. I was so nervous until walking up on stage of course. until I said my first word and then I was just kind of on. And it reminded me, again, back in the days in the band, you know, you, you look out and you see a lot of people, but once you start playing, you know, it's like, it's just normal. It's what you're meant to do kind of thing. You're supposed right. to be on that stage and you're telling your story and 
you know, people, people seemed to like it and I had a good response and it was a great time. Good for you, man. I want to, I want to go, I want to dive into a little bit, a uh, little deeper into this passion thing because, uh, I mean, do, do you feel like, for example, music or specifically playing guitar, that not so much that it, it wasn't your passion, but do you think, you know, passions morph and change? Like if you, if you could go back to your, your teenage self or your, you know, your early 20s self, like, and, and get back into that place, like in your mind and your, in your heart and everything, do you feel like you really weren't passionate about what you're doing? Cause uh, I mean, judging from, you know, having played shows with you in the past, it seemed like you were pretty damn passionate about it. You know what I mean? Um, or do you think that that morphed or really it wasn't what you thought it was? Um, it's interesting. The, I look back at it now and, you know, you realize when, once you find out what you're truly passionate about, the hard work that's involved doesn't seem like hard work at all, right? So I look mm-hmm. back and I think like, you know, we toured a bit and we were living in a van for a while out east and I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it, you know, living in this van cramped with five other dudes, this terrible smells and so and I look back at some of the some of the things where you know trying to get group members together was giving me headaches and it it shouldn't have you know if that was what I was truly passionate about and I look at myself now and you know my trips to Haiti my sleeping conditions are worse than this van but doesn't even phase me whatsoever it's really interesting because uh like I I can wholeheartedly say I'm unbelievably passionate about music but that's not to say I'm passionate about every aspect of it. There's a lot of, um, I, I wouldn't consider that the music, but maybe the business behind it or, you know, uh, like you said, the politics, which I, I've been able to eliminate quite a bit of not having to work with you know, yeah. other gamers. But um, for, for me personally, it's being away from my family, my, my wife and my little, my little kid, right? For yourself, it, you, let, you went from music to photography. You know, but that's not to say that for some people they could uh, move from music, you know, and, and also find photography or another passion, but still have that passion, uh, original passion, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you said, photography has brought you out to Haiti, which uh, I think you've gone there twice already, once uh, three, a year? Three times. Oh, three times in that every yeah. year you've gone for the last three years? Uh, it's been kind of every year and a half, sometimes two years in between. And what was your uh, what was your initial urge to make your way out to Haiti? What was your uh, inspiration to go out there? uh, The first time I went was just to help build schools. Um, And it was a weird, weird channel of events that brought me there. But I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to go help build schools. The people who are, were organizing the trip found out I was, you know, doing photography. At the time, I wouldn't even consider myself a photographer because I wasn't making any money at it. Um, and I kind of just started. I was, you know, just a, not even a year into photography. And they asked me to bring my camera. And it turned out that a photo from that first trip is the reason why I can do photography full time now. The, the short story is one of the first days we were there, we went down an area called Happiness Alley, which is pretty ironic because it's one of the poorest areas in the country. And people were coming around us asking us for money. And then this group of uh, kids came to us and they started just kind of holding on to us. And this one little girl just like was at my legs, wouldn't leave my side. I thought nothing of it, had my camera with me. And I just kind of looked down and snapped a photo of her. And that was it. And then we went on her day. Uh, the week was great. Got to do some awesome stuff. And then uh, 
went home. So when I was home that week, you know, back all excited to start editing these photos, I was looking through them and I saw that one photo of the little girl and I was kind of, you know, just instantly drawn to that, that image. Edited the photos, did an art show, got these photos out there and that photo of the little girl got picked up by some magazines, by newspapers, uh, bloggers were featuring it, uh, some websites and that it really, really spread my name out there. And so mm -hmm. never since that day, I could work full time as a photographer. I know the exact photo you're you're talking about. I love it. Yeah, there's it's, the it's there's a whole there's a whole video on my website yeah. of the uh, the journey. Um, actually, so I'll get into that. We went back and found her, and that At the second second or third time you were that was the, that was the second time. So okay. there was kind of a year in between, and this girl, you know, had basically brought my career to me. You know, started making me money, and she was still in Haiti, not knowing any of this. Like, there was this little girl that had no clue that she changed my life, basically, right? So I went back the second time. I brought back a bunch of portraits for some kids, and I brought a canvas print of her back to her. And we went to find her, which was a little bit tough. But that's the, that's the video that's on my site. There's a whole journey on how we went to find her, got her mom, and then found her. And, and we ended up did finding her, gave her the prints of... of that photo and I asked her mom if I could take care of her schooling for the rest of her life essentially just as a little bit a uh, little thank you for what basically she did for me that's amazing man that it really is. really is I mean that's the epitome of giving back right <laughs> I guess I you know it's just what I felt like I had to do yeah, but it also, I mean, a lot of people could take the approach that you took the photo that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's your art. She has no no say in it. You know, you just you did what you did, but yeah. I admire oh, that. She, she, you know, it, it's it's weird because I, I'm not a big believer in in fate mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but it's, it's kind of creepy and eerie as to why this one little girl, you know, wouldn't leave my side <laughs> and just mm -hmm. like held on to my legs. And it's funny that the way I, I took the photo Technically speaking, I would have done a million different things today. <laughs> you know, right. I, I shot it with some flash on, did something stupid that way. But who cares, right? To me, it, it just, there's a, a pure emotion in that image. Um, and like I said, she changed my life. Jay, like I often relate a lot of things to music or film just because that's where I come from and that's my passion. And, um, you know, I say the same thing when it comes to uh, a vocal take mm -hmm. that's not uh, technically perfect or, or perfectly in pitch or whatever but it's about the emotion I think that's yeah. that's what people grab onto uh, we don't have an, an, a lot of that we have a lot of uh, fluff we have a lot of you know fake in the world I, I, yeah, for lack yeah. of a better word stuff's um, too processed I think and there's not enough like just kind of that raw kind of moment capturing raw, yeah. I guess which which you get with photography and you get it with recording and and stuff I think yeah well, we kind know, of lose some of the authenticity I think sometimes that's yeah. one of the reasons I'm uh, I'm really drawn to documentaries for example um, because you know not to say documentaries can't be manufactured and everything uh, but you can usually tell um, just because of truth I, I'm, a, I'm a huge seeker for truth and I crave it you know so that's one of the reasons I really appreciate your work and especially you know your work in Haiti there is because thanks um, well, it's true man I, 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 only, I only speak the truth and um, it's 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 really like you said it's not about 
it's not about the photographer. It's about the subject. It's about the story that you're telling. Again, with something I, I relate to music, it's not about you know the producer behind or whatever. It's about the artist. So yeah. um, it's about the, the 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 art is what I'm trying to say. It's about the the work of art. And uh, you know, like you said, you could have you you probably would have completely overthought it, or you know, just take a photographer approach to this rather than I've got to capture this moment. You yeah. know, which is something I think that more people I think. You know, I, th- I think different, going yeah. back to that idea and on a photography you know, um, related theme. It's, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what kind of camera should I buy? (laughs) I can't take photos like you because I don't have these lights. I don't have this, 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 this. And I just, you know, try and just really, really push in their head. It's like, who cares, right? If you, if you totally, totally kind of look at the technical side of things, you'll never get that true shot. Absolutely. Ever, you know, it's like one of my, one of my photographer friends says the best camera you can have is whatever camera you've got on you. Exactly. Because, you know, even with your phone now, you can take really great pictures. Um, yeah, it, it's funny because uh, anyone who asks me uh, what kind of camera they should buy, di- they just want a digital camera when they're going on a trip or something like that. I tell them to buy an iPhone all yeah, exactly. the time yeah, because, exactly. because it's an amazing camera yeah. um, and you can now you have it as your phone and everything else into one why buy another accessory why buy yeah. something else that it's just it, something else to lose exactly <laughs> yeah and, and you don't need you know I want a big camera like yours they say well you don't you don't need that sometimes I don't even need that sometimes mm-hmm. what I have is overkill I see these guys that like you know these sometimes these wedding photographers or event photographers, they have these giant cameras, flashes everywhere. And to me, it's just like, you know, you're trying to put on a show mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's just overkill. And what's the point? I think it goes back to what I was saying. It's becoming about the photographer in that sense rather than about the subjects. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, um, you know, there's something I want to ask you because uh, I love what you're saying. I love what you stand for. Um, I could completely relate to it and, and I admire it myself. And uh, I want to ask you education versus experience. I did a... Um, a night school course. Okay, and and what was that focused on? That was how to teach you how to shoot manual. So okay. this is back in like 2009, mm-hmm. I believe. It was just a quick course on how to get out of like auto modes and into manual modes. So I took that for I think it was a two month course or something like that. But but that was it. You know, but do you, do you find value in you know learning some of the technical side of things? Um, you know. You know, yeah. learning some of the rules to break the rules, you know. Sure. Um, so what sort of, what did you take away from that, that two-month course? Uh, basically just how to get my camera into manual, which was very simple. And then I kind of went and just practiced my thing. But um, what my view on education is, is kind of like there is definitely a need for it. Um, there's definitely value in it. And what I like to say is that, and this isn't any kind of like insult to people, but if you're lazy at learning then go to school mm-hmm. but if you're not then you can teach yourself and that doesn't mean one or the other is going to be a better photographer some people need to be pushed to learn like in certain subjects I do as well I took certain design courses there's no way I could have done it myself but I went to, to school for it and I learned that and I love it but I feel like with photography you, you can teach yourself um, the hardest thing is, is to want to do it and to keep up to it because it takes a lot of time. My first year in photography, I just basically didn't make a cent and push, put everything I had towards it. And I mean, every hour, every, you know, every day I was, I was doing something. Um, so, I mean, there, there definitely is value. Um, 
you know, learn the technical things because you don't want to be in a position uh, where you're doing a shoot, not know when something goes wrong. You don't mm-hmm. want, you know, how do you fix it? You need to know that. Um, but there's so many stuff. There's so much stuff online mm-hmm. that you can learn from. And, and again, it goes back to you wanting to do it from the heart. Uh, everywhere you look, there's a new photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere. And I think I was in a uh, workshop in Toronto once and they said that it was an American speaking and they had this book in the States and the book, I think he said something like had every single job you could possibly have, something like that in the States. And it had the average salary of that job. And photographer was the only one with two little stars beside it. And and there's a little legend and the two stars said, this is the only profession where the average salary has been going down every single year since the last five years. Hmm. And it's, it's kind of like shocking or shocking for some photographers to hear, but that's because everyone's a photographer. I was going to say, it's not shocking mm-hmm. though. With they, they, they take a couple photos and they call themselves a photographer. Yes. And, yeah. and now, you know, they're really bringing that, that number down but so i think you know what in the flip side i think there's more of a need for people who know what they're doing you know what i mean because of that um you know oh, just, because, sure. just because someone calls themselves a photographer you know even if you're you're not uh, in tune with the technical side of things that you know you could still look at two different photos you know and, and yep. kind of tilt your head and be like there's something not right about one of them and there's something that you know feels right about this one Definitely. i you think any, I mean? anyone can be a photographer and that's awesome i, I encourage people to go mm-hmm. do it um you know whether it's just a hobby or if you want to be professional, but I think that to make a living at it, those people who are going to pay you can tell the difference between mm-hmm. a professional and somebody who's just doing it, you know, for fun or whatever. The advice I give to some photographers who want to really get into it is to not really look at other photographers' work too often mm-hmm. or get too, too involved in that because they're going to look at their stuff and say, I'll never get here. I can never do this. But little do they know that this photographer has been working for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? What a and limiting, you, you know, Yeah, you, you can't compare yourself your year one to someone who's year 20 and say you'll mm-hmm. never get there. Mm-hmm. You know, once you, maybe if you hear their 20-year story, yeah. it might inspire you to be like, yeah, you know what? When, when he was there when, in the first year, that's what my photos kind of look like. So my first year, I did a 365 project where I posted a photo every day that I would take. Yes, that was great. Yeah, some of these photos are terrible. <laughs> but I still leave the albums up on my Facebook page today. You. Just, I, you know, everyone says I shouldn't because it's showing terrible work. But I want to show those people kind of like, you know, this is where I started. And just the progression even throughout the year to, to, to where I am now. And during the TED Talk, I kind of made mention of that. And I would show, I showed a photo of day three, um, of that year, my first year, and I took pictures of my guitars, you know, but I turned the photo upside down in Photoshop because I was cool and artsy, right? <laughs> and and then the next, the next photo that I took was an image of the Toronto Raptor, DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And then so there's, there's that balance, like, you know, how did he get from these guitars to a Toronto Raptor? So there's a whole story in there, too, that I told. How do you look, uh, well, I guess you already answered that, but how do you look back at your, uh, you know, or, uh, f- some of the first photos you took, um, you know, do you look back at that and think, oh my, oh, I was terrible. Or do you look back at, like you said, you know, and are, are, do you look back and do you feel proud of where you've come? 
since that point? You know, it's, uh, I, I, I hate talking about myself is hard for me. Um, being proud of myself is hard too. Um, but it was actually the Ted talk was one of the first moments that I was kind of really proud of myself to where I've come in the last five years. You know, I hit a really low, low portion of my life. Um, uh, t- uh, tell us a little bit about that. What, what sort of brought you to a, a low point? What was it? Uh, I hit rock bottom. Um, uh, was kind of left with nothing. Um, and this was, at, this was midway through my first year of photography. Okay. And just the kind of struggle that I've been going through to, to get back up. And how, I'll give you a little kind of spoiler. Um, I mentioned how photography isn't my passion. And I get into what I found out was my passion. All right, Jay, are you ready for 20 questions? All right. Coffee or tea? Tea. Meat or veggies? Veggies. CD or vinyl? Uh, CD. Summer or winter? In which city? <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> In Hamilton, I guess. Okay. Uh, summer. Summer, yes. <laughs> I'd be shocked if you said winter. <laughs> Music or photography? Photography. Twitter or Facebook? Ooh. Facebook. Film or digital? Ooh. <laughs> digital. Yoga or yogurt? Yoga. Nice. Holiday or vacation? <laughs> I think I'm clever, sorry. Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton or Haiti? Whew. Uh, Hamilton. I'm a jerk for asking that question. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis, Alexis on fire or Silverstein? Alexis on fire. Nice. Mac or PC? Mac. Ketchup Doritos or Cool Ranch Doritos? Ketchup by far. <laughs> That's only available in Canada, I believe. Not anymore, though. Oh, really? Yeah, it was only limited time. It was oh, only okay. here for like three months. You know what I mean? It's not available anywhere else, though, is it? Oh, no, no, yeah, just in Canada. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so unfair. TV or Netflix? TV. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Jackson. Nice. <laughs> Paramore or Weezer? Ooh. It's a weird combination. <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Gervais. Nice. Whale or kale? <laughs> kale. Yeah! I get so excited. I'm sorry. I'm Hardly such a, anyone I'm such a typical vegan. It's like, yeah, you said vegetables. Yeah, you said kale. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm not even a vegetarian. Either. I know. <laughs> Bette Midler or the Riddler? Riddler. And I probably know your Finally. answer, and, I, and it's okay. Drum roll. The last question is... Ross or Marcio? Ooh. You can say it. It's okay. You can say Marcio. It's okay. That's like Give it. Saying, saying who's your favorite child. <laughs> I know. Can't, and some, some people are very decisive, though, and, you know... And I'm okay you with know, that. You know, a child you've known for like, you know, over a decade or someone you just met a half hour ago. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a total, like, I can understand how it's such a difficult question to answer, Jay. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I'll pass. I'm too nice of a guy. That's it. The, the interview is over. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's me, Ross. That's another tick for me. We got it. It's fine, you know. Um, it's cool. So, Jay, you, you started a, a charity called Friends with Hearts. And, um, this is something that um, 
Well, actually, you know what? It, it's better coming out of your mouth. So tell us about Friends with Hearts. Uh, so just first off, it's it's an organization, like fundraising organization and not a charity. Okay. Because I think when, when you say charity, it's it's totally different thing yeah right you're not you're not asking for money it's completely different yeah um so part of it is a couple things on how it started part of it was when i got back from haiti the first time some people you know said to me why are you going down there when there's so much to do in hamilton and i was kind of like okay whatever play it off but you know i started thinking about it yeah maybe i should do something here uh then i found a photo of myself from Christmas, playing with little uh, Ghostbusters toy, um, the the, the car, Echo One, I think it was. Um, I was and, I was a Ninja Turtles kid, not a Ghostbusters uh, okay. kid. So. Maybe I'm d- dating we, myself. We were here. we were in no, we were in different circles, man. Uh, you know, there was the Ninja yeah. Turtle kid and the Ghostbusters kid. I was you know? I was also a Ninja Turtle fan. <laughs> okay, well. we're we're cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raphael, who's oh uh, yeah, that's the yeah. best one. Come on, nice. he's the only one with with some character and edge, right? Yeah, you seen the new movie? Yeah. Didn't like it. I, I took my uh, I took two of my nephews to uh, go to see. They loved it. It was okay, man. But come on, you know I've I've got the original stuck yeah, in my, in my no, subconscious. I, I, I can't help it. Uh, okay, so back to that photo. I saw the photo. And we, then, we can just talk about Ninja Turtles for the oh, rest hey, of the interview. Right? Okay. <laughs> we'll do a whole we'll do a whole other talk, a whole conference call about it. No, sorry. Please go on. Go on. Uh, and I saw this photo, and I remembered. I could re- I could remember how happy I was with with at that Christmas, you know, and not that just my you know my parents bought me a toy but it was kind of you know that they took care of me they provided a christmas for me as a kid and that was something that was very special to me so i wanted to kind of do that in hamilton so it was as simple as uh, i got a hold of the children's aid and they said you know to sponsor a family it's probably going to be 250 dollars and you go out and do the shopping and this and that you give us the gifts perfect so I thought a cooler idea would be to get some friends involved with it as well because when I was down in Haiti I saw two things I saw how poor financially they are but I saw how rich socially they are I mean at the place we were staying 6 a.m. some there was a blind man playing an accordion would come on the porch and start playing people would come and sing and it was amazing you know we all go out there and just watch this Imagine someone doing that in your neighborhood at 6 a.m. here. First thing you do is call the cops, Yeah. right? So there is that element that, of community that we don't have here. I mean, we go outside, we don't even say hi to our neighbors, right? So I wanted to sort of incorporate that element to here as well and have it twofold. So decided let's get my friends involved and see if they want to do it. So I put out a tweet saying, is there nine other people that want to give $25 and we could sponsor a family. And right away, it just kind of snowballed. Person here, 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 here. They wanted to do it. They wanted to do it. So I was kind of like blown away. And that year, we, we started getting more money than 250 mm-hmm. So I contacted the Children's Aid. And, and we ended up sponsoring, I believe, two or three families that year. Um, we had, um, and it, it, was, it was fun. It was, it was so good that we decided to do it again the following year. Same idea, you know, and that year we ended up sponsoring, I think we doubled our money. Uh, we raised just over $3,000. That's awesome. Um, had this big wrapping party uh, and it, it was amazing. So the year three came around, which was last year, and somehow we did just like $10,000, um, sponsored 
90 people over 35 families in Hamilton had this huge wrapping party with like 60 people coming out, just all coming together, having a great day. And the cool thing was, is that quietly we, we did a pilot run of Friends with Hearts in Vancouver to see how it would work in other cities. And I had a good friend out there kind of run that. And that was super successful. That's, you know, they did a beautiful. few families. Uh, they did, you know, under $2,000, I think. So, which brings us to this year. And Vancouver's doing it again. We have other cities being involved and working on the states right now. Um, so, I, I just kind of see it as the future of fundraising the way we're doing it. Um, where you, you know, it's, you take little mounts everywhere. Because mm -hmm. basically the group that I'm running here is helping out families in Hamilton. And Hamilton's not the only city that needs help, right? And there's no way I can do other cities and this. So let's get people to head up their own Friends with Hearts group in other cities, get their friends involved. So now it brings them together as well. And that sense of community is hopefully coming back within us. And the end result is these families are experiencing a Christmas and these kids are getting a Christmas too, which, which is amazing. And you'd be surprised. We, we got a little bit of slack of like, you know, you're getting all this money and you're buying kids these toys and, and this and that. And it's like, well, what happens is we get these lists kind of little wish lists from these kids we get their age their gender and their name that's it and and on this list it's kind of saying you know winter boots winter coat pants um and so you think like would these kids have gone without these winter boots this winter and you're saying especially in hamilton how can you not have winter boots mm -hmm. as like a three four year old kid it's heartbreaking man. yeah it's like yeah, absolutely so, heartbreaking yeah so we're hoping we can you know a little dent in that and take care of some families and as you know we try to take care of the life necessities first and then when there's money left over with that we'll buy them a toy or two with what we can because it's still about that too you know but we take care of life necessities but then every every kid at that young age wants a toy of course right um so basically that's kind of what friends with hearts is is all about well man like i uh, you know i've told you before if there's ever any way i can get involved or you know help out in any way you just let me know and, I, and i'm there you know sure. uh, i think my, my wife and i i, I not sure yeah, you guys have, you guys have been involved yeah you know it just doesn't feel like enough to us you know what i mean it's like it, well, every, like there's so much more to do you know what i mean every i mean every dollar counts yeah we never we never ask for money ever but we'll, we invite people to join our community of friends mm -hmm. and help out. Um, some people will say, you know, you know what, I'd love to help out, but I don't have any money at this time. And, and that's fine. You know, if you, you want to help out, donations aren't the only thing, you know. Yeah. You can come help at the wrapping party. Another big thing is just spreading the word. Yeah. You know, it's well, just hopefully it's we getting, can do that a little bit. Yeah, know, even if and, uh, a tweet, a Facebook post, yeah. hey, this group's doing this and, and, and that because... Uh, you never know who's who's going to see it. And it's funny, last year, um, Alexis on Fire, going back to them, they mm -hmm. actually helped us out. That's right. They donated uh, a vinyl, a rare vinyl record mm -hmm. to us, and the band all signed it at their last show ever in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And we auctioned that off, and it, it raised, I mean, I think it was like $400 or something That's like awesome. that. That's awesome. Yeah, so... Kudos to them and thanks to oh, them. Oh, for sure. Helping yeah. out, you know. They're uh, they're really sweet guys. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, we can get friends with hearts out in Scotland. Maybe. maybe. You, you know anyone out in Scotland? Yeah, well, there's I no one out in Scotland. <laughs> there's no one here. <laughs> no, I think there's plenty of places in Scotland that could use something like that. Uh, Jay, what uh, what uh, music have you been listening to lately? Uh, I listen to a wide variety of music. It's always I just like putting my um, if, I'm, if I'm editing photos, just kind of iTunes on shuffle and this and that. So it's all over. But some of my favorite bands that I listen to. Um, would be well growing up I was a huge I was you know grew up in the kind of like the punk scene and stuff like that so very very young age I really got into Blink-182 and still kind of like love that band I know that really really dates me as well that's okay I I was a Green Day kid (laughs) but huge into them uh big Neil Diamond fan uh love his music but more so I love him as an entertainer Mm-hmm. And what he does and his shows are just unreal to watch somebody who is able to have the whole crowd in the palm of his hand just from his voice and what he's doing is to me that that's amazing. Um, other favorite bands, Queen. Oh, uh, nice. I think Freddie Mercury is probably one of the best front men to one of the best ever, singers in, in ever, rock music, man. Ever. Yeah. Huge inspiration for me. Yeah. Uh, the Killers, another huge, huge band, our favorite band. So I'll be listening to st- stuff like that. Every once in a while, I'll get into some like hip hop. Uh, big Snoop Dogg fan. <laughs> um, so where can people find you online? I know there's uh, jperry.ca. Yeah, jperry.ca would be my photography portfolio. Uh, everything social media is just slash jperry. Um, and I think that's friendswithhearts.com. Yes. That, that's another one. And can um, you tell us when the uh, when the TED Talk will be coming out? Because I'm really looking forward to. Uh, offhand, I, I don't know. Uh, Do you have did, a rough rough estimate date? They or? did they did record it. Uh, we were kind of all talking backstage, all the talk speakers, and uh, we don't know if it has to be licensed. If all the talks go up, if you know the, the people at TED kind of look through them and, and say okay, well, this one sucks. We can't put it up. This one's mm-hmm. good. Let's put it up. We don't know how that works. So well, hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, yours does get up because I definitely love to see it. And uh, please do let us know when it's up and we'll make sure For to sure. let people know about that. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, no, seriously, this is this has been great. It's a, it's a pleasure uh, getting to chat with you and I admire everything you're doing. I love the the wavelength that you're at. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of coming from a hippie. I'm kind of a hippie myself. So <laughs> I just I just love the uh, the, you know, the um the energy that you're putting out there you know Thanks, there's a lot Thank of you. yeah i mean that the world doesn't need any any more negative they need uh, more people like yourself so uh, yeah. i appreciate that i appreciate you coming on our show and uh best of luck with everything man just keep doing Thank what you're you. doing keep uh, keep spreading love you guys too uh, good luck with this show it's thank awesome. you it's awesome thank you Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.